Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. I'm actually here in Arequipa in southern Peru, heading over to Cusco and in the world famous Machu Picchu in a few days, uh, traveling around South America and, uh, you know, uh, getting sponsored by our friends at Peru Hop. So shout out to the friends at Peru Hop. They are sponsoring a trip in Peru with our Hop and Hop Off bus. We've actually traveled with them all the way from Lima uh, to Paracas, the natural reserve and the beach area, and then into uh, Hocachina, which is the famous uh, uh, desert oasis. It's actually the only oasis in South America. Really beautiful place. And then uh, over here to Nazca, uh, and then uh, where they have the, the, the hieroglyphics on the ground for from the sky and then here into Arequipa, then we'll be going to Cusco and then into Lake Titicaca and then over to La Paz. So the big uh, shout out to Peru Hop once again, the PeruHop.com. Uh, so on today's episode, we actually have a good friend of mine. He's actually uh, from Vancouver, BC, Canada as well. And I've known him for a few years now uh, from different events. And also he's volunteered at my conference, my uh, social media mastery conference, and uh, attended several of my uh, Why We Are Travelers events as well. And now I have the opportunity to interview him on his travels. So flip it around and interview him about his RV trip, uh, RV trips plural, all over, all over Canada and the U.S. And he's quite an extensive RVer. He's traveling pretty much uh, every time I ask him for an interview, he's like, sorry, I'm on a trip. <laughs> Get back to me. Uh, so finally, we got him on. He's, he's taking a little bit of a break uh, back in Vancouver uh, from his RVing. So Patrick, um, you know, our guest, maybe Patrick, you want to share a little bit about your history, your background, and more about yourself for the people who are listening and watching today. Sure. Um, we've been RVing now for, I would say, at least 10 years. And what's been interesting is it's been, you know, a bit of a journey uh, that started out uh, wanting to explore something a little different. Um, we've all done now fly hotel vacations and um, growing up in a family where, uh, you know, my dad used to be in the airline industry. Um, that was how we travel. Uh, you know, you fly to hopefully a really neat place to visit, uh, stay at a nice hotel, you know, do the basic uh, things such as touring the sights and sounds of, uh, of the place that we're at. So uh, looking back to sort of 10 years, we were looking at how we could explore places accessible on the road in the U.S. Um, and then part of this was driven by, um, I know that harsh winters but you know uh, we do have a fairly wet winters and we were looking for places where we could go to um, and basically get a bit of sun uh, enjoy the warm weather uh, for as long and as much as we can so uh, looking at how we started 10 years ago it was with a truck and a camper a camper that actually had a little slide out so it gave us a bit more living space and from that first uh, RV, we um, a Class C, which um, for those who may not know what a Class C is, it's basically an oversized van. Uh, it's usually built off a truck chassis and it may have slide outs as well to expand you know, uh, the living space. And did that for a few more years. And a couple of years ago, uh, we upgraded to a Class A. And so that, look at and say that's a bus and so we're actually in the bus with a couple of slide outs uh it's it's given us a lot more living space uh, it's just under 30 feet 
but with a long slide and a short slide, um, we basically have a small apartment on wheels or a small cabin on wheels that's allowed us to explore um, favorite places in Canada um, and also down in the U.S. So yeah, so it's been it's been you know uh, this journey, um, literal journey of going to places, but a journey of testing out if do and we seem to be loving it every year and over the course of the 10 years we've had three different uh RVs. that's amazing several different types of rvs everything from uh, you know different classes different sizes different types so i'm curious to know about the travels um, you know you've done it for 10 years so you've obviously seen a lot uh, tell us about some of the major places you've seen so far and some of the major trips you've done in your beautiful rv so, um, what, what, what's, one of the advantages, I guess, of having an RV is um, so long as it's a place you could drive to, uh, there are lots of options. There are places where you could go to where it's all about the outdoors, um, but there are also places you can go to where you're right in the city. So, the way we've traveled is, um, I, I spoke earlier about wanting to get a bit of sun and sort of dry weather uh, during the wet Vancouver winters. And so what really um, spurred us to sort of venture out and to actually um, get into um, the one that we've got a couple of years was really to, you know, find places where not only are we able to enjoy the weather, but we can also find a way to connect to the community because we figure, you know, we're going to be gone for a few months. Um, so it would be nice to not just go to a place, do the sights and sounds, do the tourist thing, and then move on. So this ago, and we've been going on a regular basis for the last um, 10 years, um, has been going to Palm Springs, California. And, and what's interesting about Palm Springs is we're in a park that gives us really, you know, the, the best of both worlds in terms of having uh, access to what a city has to offer, but it's also close to lots of places where we can do uh, outdoor activities. So we hike, we cycle, and um, there are even a couple places uh, close to the RV park where I'm able to go to a yoga class as well as uh, a gym uh, for my workouts. So, so that the, the best location I can think of where we're able to experience both the great outdoors and um, you know the sights and sounds of a big city. Hello.
Okay, so they, they reset the Wi-Fi. <laughs> All right. This is, okay. this is a tough one. It's a marvel of technology. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to edit that out, out, just the last part. But uh, did you finish your question, the question I was answering, asking you about where have you traveled? Oh, so I, I, so I spoke earlier about Palm Springs. And so that, for me, is um, a great way to experience both the outdoors and sort of city living or city traveling. Um, but there, are, there have been other locations where we would go specifically for either a city experience or the great outdoor experience. So what we've done the last three years is we've uh, focused on a number of the national parks in, in, in Utah. And so we've been able to uh, really focus within a time period to say, you know what, we're going to do the national parks in Utah. Perhaps we can't do them all, but we'll pick, you know, two, three or four. And as part of our journey down to California or back up uh, uh, to Vancouver um, after our stay in um, Palm Springs, is to just have, you know, a few days of really just uh, focusing on cycling, hiking. And, and just having a very unique national park experience. So I think for, for me, um, as much as uh, with every sort of spring trip that we do, that Palm Springs is our long stay, um, that on our trip down and on our trip back, uh, we will uh, hit the national parks or even some of the state parks, which have a lot to offer. 
Um, and as far as the cities, uh, one of the cities that we really enjoy is uh, San Diego. And it's a, a great place when you've been in Palm Springs, the desert for a month, to have a little bit of respite from the hot and dry, which I know we shouldn't be complaining about. But being uh, Vancouverites, we actually do miss the ocean, you know, after about a month. Um, and so we'll head off to San Diego and do two weeks. And where we're staying at Mission Bay RV Park in San Diego, uh, we're right at the beach. Um, there is a bike trail and a walking trail uh, within steps of um, the edge of the RV park. So it gives us access to um, the things that we enjoy, you know, walking, cycling, hiking, um, but we're also still in the city which is um, a very unique experience because one of the things, I don't know if we're going to be talking a little bit about, um, you know, the expense and cost of RVing. Yeah, we will. We will. In the city, uh, it's, it can be expensive. You know, land, um, you know, anywhere you go to, it's expensive. Um, so when you think about an RV park having to have the space for big vehicles, um, that's, that's a lot of land that has that has to be dedicated to being able to allow you know 30 foot RVs to fit in. Um, but what has happened is I, I think when you do uh, go to cities, there are often parks that have been purchased a long time ago. So the the net uh, the, the 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 cost to the owner of the RV park uh, was probably covered off years back when the RV park was set up 30 years ago. Uh, so typically you don't see brand new parks being created uh, that are close to the city. They tend to be further out. Um, but the other thing that's been great about RVing is um, because we uh, public transit uh, and it's a choice that we've made to not tow a vehicle, um, even when we're not right in the city that we want to be in, um, this this whole other journey as part of RVing, taking the train, taking uh, the public bus, is and part of the experience of travel. Uh, I think that's one thing to be said about being able to go directly to a place and do the specific um, uh, visit, you know, because it's a known site for, uh, to tourists, but if you're needing to go from point A to point B to reach your destination, taking transit, that in itself is a very unique experience. You get to meet the locals. Um, you're not driving, you're, um, you're, you have the ability to chill in your seat and basically observe your surrounding. So I think that in itself is a very unique experience. Yeah, you know, speaking of public transport, we've been doing it a lot here in South America, and it's tough because we don't know much Spanish, and we've been taking uh, public buses from city to city and buying the tickets, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's been a, definitely a challenge, Ian, within the city. Uh, Ian, in, within the city, in like a city like Vancouver, the public yeah. transport is hard enough, but yeah. imagine doing it in a different city and a different language. Uh, but it's actually the, one of the joys of travel, as you mentioned. Yes. We like it because uh, we don't like just sitting on tour buses. We like um, uh, connecting with the locals, and we like like uh, watching what people are doing and how the systems are different and uh, uh, yeah it's a definitely one of the definitely uh, one of the great things about traveling is uh, taking public transport and figuring it out you know and you feel yeah. you feel well, proud when you do it <laughs> well and you, you really get to connect with the locals you get a sense of how people move 
you know, um, and and even if you're wanting to figure out, you know, where can I go for lunch, um, you're not just uh, tied to, you know, the, the, the sort of the tourist spots, but, um, you know, even if you don't speak the language, but you're trying to learn the language, um, through that whole experience of asking, oh, where could I go for lunch or where do you go eat, you know, um, asking for a local favorite, I think, I think for me, that's that's part of the travel experience it's not just necessarily going to a theme park right so the theme park <laughs> kids will tell you otherwise they love theme parks they love legoland disneyland disney world <laughs> and all the other theme parks around the world so patrick uh, tell us about um how do you fund your trip uh, and tell us about some of the income streams you're able to generate to sustain your uh, travel adventures around north america and beyond well we're we're, we're the lucky ones who happen to be Early retired, <laughs> so um, so we're we're independently able to fund um, our trips. But what's been interesting talking to other RVers because we're we're a community, right? So we all come to the experience, to the type of travel uh, with different backgrounds. Um, but one of the things that um, is is really worth considering. Uh, for me and for my partner, and I've talked to you earlier about one of my bucket list trips is to go across Canada. It's been fun to explore the US, do the national parks, do the big cities in California, and possibly even dip into Mexico. Um, on a long extended trip, so if we choose to do you know, um, trying to get to a starting point and then crossing Canada, that potentially, uh, whether it's done over two large trips with a break, that could take a year, you know, because you want to be exploring the provinces um, when the weather's nicer. So I, I'm not sure if I want to be in Winnipeg in the middle of winter in a motorhome that's not winterized, right? <laughs> or not necessarily built for winter camping. So um, what what I've heard from friends who've um, had extended trips is they may choose to rent a place out in Vancouver. And for short term, it, it could be doing or if they're going to be gone for a year, it could be perhaps renting it out to someone who needs a place in Vancouver while they're teaching, you know, at the university and they're here for a one year stint. And it's, it's amazing if you put yourself out there as particularly in a city like Vancouver, some of your listeners who are from other cities who are popular cities for people to visit or to do short-term stays, uh, the numbers can actually work out quite well in terms of, now, now because you're from Vancouver, you know what rents are like. Is, there is actually a very um, uh, practical but also lucrative way in which if you could rent out your apartment or your house in Vancouver, that could help fund for a good chunk of your trip. Um, we've, we've chosen not to do that, that for our short little trips. And uh, we're, we're in a house in East Van and we have a tenant who lives in our basement suite. So we, we, we're getting some rental income there. But if we're gone for an extended period, um, it may be just saying, you know, we'll, we'll rent our part of the house out and depending on what we're able to get for it, um, that could help fund. So um, it's an idea that sort of that I'm interested in exploring as and when we get to being away for a long time, because it just seems that 
you know, if we're going to be gone for a while, um, that we're not sort of fully realizing the potential of our house to create an income stream for us. Yeah, definitely a great suggestion there. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Patrick, about some of the expenses involved with RVing. Obviously, the RV itself, the maintenance, yeah. the gas, the campsites, yeah. the food. Uh, tell us about um, some of the major expenses um, that you faced. Um, have you, uh, you, know, you break it down. Break it down in terms of all the major expenses. Sure. Okay. Um, I, th I think what I what I like to look at um, with RVing is to view it as a different way to travel. You know, I mean, you're you're obviously flying and staying at hostels and you know maybe um, renting part of a house, whatever um, uh, and however it works best for you. But because we basically have uh, our cabin on wheels, um, there are once once you've dealt with the um, the, the cost of uh, acquiring the motorhome that you have. Um, manage the cost so so let's just talk about the upfront costs um, I think we've um, um, we've seen a lot of these sort of super luxurious buses out there of which we don't own we own you know a bus like RV uh, but it's actually one of the smaller um, uh, uh, motorhomes that you'll find that's in the sort of class A category but you know we started out in a, an old use truck and in an old use um, uh, camper with a slide out. You know, they were both um, uh, well maintained. Um, and so the, the, the cost there was much lower. And, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, depending on your own needs, like if you're RVing by yourself, um, you may actually be quite comfortable in a little camper van. You know, so think about the Volkswagen Vanagons and so forth. So my partner's brother actually has one, and those can be purchased um, expensively, um, given what it is. I mean, you're basically buying a cabin on wheels, um, and so that's that's a thing that I think people need to realize that it is an upfront cost, but you're you're basically paying for a cabin on wheels, but not having to pay taxes and you know, all the things associated with actually owning recreational property. Um, you, know, you could be talking about spending you know, um, as little as you know, a few thousand dollars for something that may require a lot of maintenance. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend someone getting something very old unless you're very mechanically inclined and you're able to fix problems that you may have on the road to uh, some of these, uh, I was talking about these super luxurious motorhomes that will run up to the, uh, the millions of dollars, like a million dollar plus. So right there, you've got a, a, a huge range. Uh, I mean, and some people even rough it, they do car camping. You know, they're going from place to place um, in the car and where there is a campground, they pop up a tent, and that's where they sleep, and they use the facilities of the campground. And where there aren't any campgrounds, um, they, they'll check into a motel, right? So that's, that's at one end of the spectrum. At the other end, um, I think when you go with something very large, um, there are certainly advantages, but I would say there are disadvantages as well. Um, if you're too big, the ability to go into a national park or a state park where um, the space is very restrictive. Uh, you may not be able to pull in, um, and some of these places have no hookups. 
So if you're in a big rig with, you know, uh, an apartment size fridge that runs on 120 volts, you're going to be running a generator all the time, which, you know, at some parks, there are very strict rules on when you can run your generator. So I think for us, as we were going from, you know, truck and camper to class C to class A, um, we went to a bit more comfort, uh, although with our 30 foot, we have been able to dry camp with no hookups to water, sewer or electricity, um, just because we've got a generator, we've got a larger capacity for water. So, um, so yeah, so, so, so the cost there can be high, it can be low if you're willing to work on the rig yourself. As far as the daily costs, you know, um, most hotels uh, these days, even at a mid, in a mid-time city, in a, uh, in a mid-sized city, you're looking at a hundred, couple hundred dollars a day. But at most of these RV parks, if, even in a big city, you're looking at, um, you know, maybe fifty dollars. So, Ricky. Yes. Oh, can you hear? Were you were you on mute? I know. Were you on mute? Uh, every now and then, my daughter comes in and then she's hiding over here and she's trying to talk to me. So <laughs> there she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was just saying, when you compare it to what you would pay for a hotel, um, even in um, some of the bigger cities, um, you could probably find RV parks for you know fifty to sixty dollars. There are more luxurious um, RV parks. You know, th there was even one park that we were at in Cal California that called itself the Ritz Carlton of RV parks which um, it's a bit excessive, you know, they've got staff riding around in golf carts in their sort of branded polo shirts. Um, but that's, that's sort of a very unique experience. So I would, I would certainly budget um, $50 to $60 um, for a spot to park. Um, as far as food, what what I find interesting about food is again, you know, with a motorhome, uh, you have your kitchen, so you can choose to cook every meal, so that would reduce costs, uh, or you could go out as often as you like. You know, for some campus, for some RVs, um, it's just a place for them to sleep and maybe have you know uh, simple meals. Maybe you know they'll have coffee and a quick breakfast, and the rest of the day they're out and about and you're eating out. For, for me, for us, we, we, we tend to look at um, where we're going into and if going out restaurants is part of the experience, that's what we'll do. Um, and, and obviously, if the experience we're looking for in a national park is the hikes and the walks and the bike rides, um, there, well, there aren't any restaurants around, so we tend to cook every meal. So it's it's one of these things that I think a lot of people need to decide for themselves. You know, uh, what is the experience you're looking for? And again, um, based on the budget that you have for yourself, uh, you can easily, you know, um, manage the cost down by doing a lot of things you would do at home, which is cook your meals, um, which, which can be quite drastic um, because, 
you know, as, as you may know, um, eating out can be very expensive these, these days. The other, the other cost often gets brought up, and I've been asked uh, about, is fuel costs. If you're in a larger rig, uh, motorhome, you'll you'll be paying more because you know you're not you're going to get um lower gas mileage uh lower uh, fuel efficiency but again it's it's how you choose to um view your your trips because i think they're they're amazing trips at either uh, closer to home or further away so, Awesome. Uh, great breakdown there, Patrick. Uh, thank you for uh, really outlining it for the sake of the people listening and watching. I'm curious to know about the community. You mentioned uh, there's a strong, tight-knit uh, tight community. Uh, is that mainly yep. through uh, websites, forums, Facebook groups, or is it through the RV camps? Tell us about how people yeah. who are RVing can build community with other RVers. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a bit of both. I think there is an online community, um, but not any different from how we all interact, right? Whether it's part of uh, an RV community or just with friends or with acquaintances and colleagues. I think there's the, the technology part of it that allows you to stay connected um, because, you know, we may be um, um, separated by traffic distance. Um, but ultimately, for me, um, it's about meeting someone face-to-face. -face. You know, it's great to have these relationships and friendships online. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a very sort of people person, and I, I, I like to get to know you, you know, over a glass of wine, um, you know, um, and, and hopefully that that is sort of the ultimate goal of making the initial online um, connections. So uh, online, you know, whether it's Facebook or there are specific websites, and it's, it's so easy to just Google. Uh, I don't know what we used to do before Google. You know, if you go RV um, groups, um, you'll see, you know, a laundry list of people um, who, are, who can be very specific about who they want to connect with. And it may be, for some people, um, wanting to connect with people who own a certain brand of RVs. So you'll have people who are big on Airstreams, people who have shiny Airstreams, you know, because that's a very unique experience. Some people love Winnebago's. So th that's who they connect with online. And then once they've made uh, the connection online, um, there'll often be uh, trips or rallies where people come together. So we've met with a couple of groups where we would meet up, um, you know, at Pismo Beach in California. Um, or there's even a group that we're connected with um, that's not specifically an RV group, but I don't know. Have you heard of uh, the event called Burning Man? Of course I've heard of Burning Man, you know, <laughs> world-famous uh, festival in the heart yeah. of Nevada. I, I haven't been personally, but I, I know a lot of burners um, who've, yeah. who've gone there. So. Yeah, I definitely want to go myself as well. So uh, we haven't been to the big Nevada Burning Man, but I'm not sure if you're aware there are many regional Burning Man events. Yes, so yes, I know. They have them all over the place. Yeah, so we've been to the one uh, at Joshua Tree in California, and we've, we've been to one that's actually uh, closer to home in British Columbia, 
uh, not too far away from Agassiz uh, by the Fraser River. So, and, and what's what's interesting about it is, you know, it started out uh, being sort of these connections with friends, some who are RVers, others who are not. But then you congregate at this event after you've had this connection online, and there you are with other RVers. Um, they may not all be in a Class A motorhome, some are campus, some are in these uh, camp events. And so it's, 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 been, it's been great um, sort of putting yourself out there uh, and maybe not being very narrow with your focus, you know. So, so my, <clears throat> my suggestion is, you know, as much as you may love your Airstream or your Winnebago, um, you know, connect with those groups, but see where other RVs may congregate. And it may be at a Burning Man event. It may be at certain festivals. You know, we RV with uh, a few friends at the um, the Date Festival, you know, in California. So, uh, I mean, I love dates. I, do, I wasn't sure if I, you know, sure that that an event like that would be worth going to. Um, like, you know, what do we do for three days? Do we, you know, eat and talk about dates? But more like a county fair has its roots. Um, uh, and, and its name tied to dates because of um, uh, the crop that's most known in that area. And so we had a great visit and hung out with um, old and new friends uh, in that setting. So, so as far as making connections, um, you know, explore what's available online. Use Google as a tool. Um, you know, be, be narrow about what your interests are um, because, you know, we all come into this experience with the love of whatever. You know, you may love hiking in national parks, so that could be a starting point. Or you may love um, uh, shiny airstreams, and that's your starting point. Uh, but from there, uh, just be open to what other um, people may enjoy doing in their airstream. Or you know they they may be open to uh, meeting up with other people with other rigs doing something that's um, that you're interested in you know so uh, I'm not sure how you know you you came about to sort of doing your previous trips before your world tour but I think we all start with some some initial interest in something and then it just snowballs into oh my God I want to do the entire world now. Yes, uh, definitely, Patrick. Uh, you know, uh, back in my 20s, before I got married and had kids, I traveled a lot. I went to over 50 countries myself, yeah, backpacked around Europe, backpacked around Asia, Australia, New Zealand, uh, US, Canada, and uh, the major continents still left to go have been South America and Africa. And uh, now that I'm married with kids, I dragged my wife along, took a lot of convincing, <laughs> but finally she, uh, she hopped on board and we've been traveling for uh, nine months now, uh, you know, almost 10, uh, left in December of 2016 and have been traveling uh, um, pretty much every country in South America. We only have three left to go. We only yep. have Bolivia, Uruguay, and then Chile. And then we're done every country in South America. And it's wow. been with three kids under five. And in terms of preparation, <laughs> we, did, we did a lot of road trips as well. We haven't done RVing myself, but we've done uh, uh, road trips like in British Columbia all the way up to Northern BC, Prince Rupert, Prince George, Chilcotin. Uh, we went up to Barkerville. We went up to Vancouver Island, to Port Hardy, Tofino, Uclet. Yep down to yep. Washington State. Uh, so all of these uh, road trips 
prepared us for this big global adventure. And at the end of the day, we're not fully prepared. We had to learn as we went. Uh, and uh, we're still learning. Uh, you know, we're learning the language. We're learning about the culture here in Latin yep. America. And we're loving, loving every single day. So, Patrick, uh, to end off here, if people wanted to connect with you, ask you some more questions besides the ones I've asked you, how can they reach out? How can they ask you more info? How can they follow you along on your RV adventures? Well, um, you, you, we're Facebook friends, so um, please feel free to share that. As, as Sweetheart, is it too late for me to head down to support the coffee break? Yeah, the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi keeps coming off. 